0: Activist Radio is on the air. You've tuned into to the Mark Harrington Show.
1: Sponsored by Created Equal.
0: Time is running out for our nation. I beg of you. You need to stand against the evil that's plaguing our nation. If You don't like abortion, don't have one. The only thing that
1: can be said to be objective truth is that there is no objective truth. Like you kill a baby fetus, the same thing as killing any old inanimate object. I would argue that we certainly we are not all created equal.
0: Mark is training a new generation of leaders. To take on the culture of death and win. You, 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 you young people, it's your movement now. It's not your parents anymore. The blood that is shed cries out to God from the ground for justice.
1: And now, here's Mark.
0: The Mark Harrington Show, another episode of Your Radio Activist here, and we appreciate you tuning in and listening as well on Terrestrial Radio. Uh, We're broadcast in Ohio on some stations as well as West Virginia. We also come to you from all of my social media sites as well as all the popular podcasting platforms. You can pick up The Mark Harrington Show and you can find out more by going to markharringtonshow.com your radio activist. And today, what we're gonna be talking about is abortion solely a woman's issue. That's what we're gonna be talking about on the program today. We're also gonna be talking about abortion victim photography. Now, if you know me, you know that's what I do. We share uh, the pro-life position using the tools of abortion victim photography and video on high school and college campuses all across America. Uh, And we've been doing that for a decade now, so we're going to talk about that you know a lot of people have different points of view on that and we want to kind of discuss that as well on the program uh and to do that we're going to have as my guest cameron cote who is uh with the canadian center for bioethical reform uh cameron
1: thanks for being on the program thanks so much for having me mark good good to be on
0: good to be with you uh, so cameron and i know each other because uh we well, let's go back a little bit in memory lane here. <laughs> I was with the Center for Bioethical Reform, which is the American affiliate, uh, for ten years, working for Greg Cunningham, uh, Stephanie Gray, and JoJo Ruba. Way back in the day, 1999, I think, formed the Canadian Center for Bioethical Reform, which is loosely affiliated with this, with the national, uh, the the American organization and so that's how i've gotten to know some of our friends on the um on the canadian side of this uh of this debate and so with cameron and some of the others i've traveled with them we've been to florida recently over the years taking the uh, genocide awareness project to that uh to that state and so obviously we've had some connections over the years as we travel uh north america and so i wanted to bring him on the program because Cameron is the co-host of a podcast called pro-life guys, pro-life guys. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I, I think it's a really good idea by the way (laughs) to talk about this. (laughs) Obviously I'm a pro-life guy, right? I'm a pro-life guy. Uh, a lot of people think that, uh, women are the only ones should have a, a position on abortion. Uh, nothing could be further than the truth. Um, Uh, you're a pro-life guy, right? Yep, sure am. (laughs) Although, you know, when when people on college campuses come up and say, you're a man, you can't address abortion. I'll, I'll just say, are you sure? (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) You know, nowadays you you can play that, uh, play along with that a little bit. Are you sure I am? (laughs) But we do believe in genders actually. So there are male and female, (laughs) um, and you're a pro-life guy. Let's, let's talk about that because. This has been very uh, well over the, you know, the decades that abortion has been decriminalized here in the United States and in Canada, the uh, the uh, abortion advocates have have very uh, been been very successful in framing this as solely a woman's issue, uh, which immediately kind of cancels out half the population. Uh, Why is it a man's issue as well?
1: Because at the end of the day, it's a human rights issue and that anyone who can look at an injustice and recognize it to be an injustice, I think, has an important role in trying to end that injustice. I often, um, I mean, the first question I often ask is, is it okay if I have a voice if I support abortion? Are are guys mm-hmm. allowed to be involved in the movement if they right. support abortion? And and almost always they say, oh, yeah, by all means, they can support a woman's right to choose. And right. so it's not a matter of whether or not men are allowed to be involved. It's whether or not anybody's allowed to disagree is generally what it comes down to. Um, right. But at the end of the day, so you could be, be
0: a pro-choice man, but you can't be a pro-life man.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and and it, it's, it's funny how often I, I invite people to talk to my female colleagues of whom I have many and they say, oh, no, I don't want to talk to them either. And so <laughs> I, I think at the end of the day, though, we, we got to ask the question, is this a human rights issue? Is abortion right the direct and intentional killing of an innocent human being. And if it is, then it doesn't matter whether or not you personally go through this or not, you can defend the lives of innocent human beings. I often make the example of about 15 months um, ago or so, uh, my daughter was born, my my firstborn child, and obviously nine months before that, her life began. Before that, I wasn't a parent. And Mm -hmm. it would have been kind of weird for me to give parenting advice to people who are parents. And right. and so when it comes to like the best thing to put in your kid's lunchbox or something like that, I probably didn't know the best answer to that. But when it comes to whether or not parents could kill their born children, nobody could turn All around right. and, and say to me, Cam, you don't have born kids. You don't know how frustrating, how irritating, how um, stressful it is. You have no idea. You can't be involved in whether or not parents can kill their born kids because you yourself are not a parent.
0: Right. Right. If
1: if that goes for born kids, why not for pre-born kids?
0: Exactly. And arguments don't have genders. People do. So
1: exactly. it's an
0: ad hominem logical fallacy. We understand it. But the uh, pro-abortion uh, uh, industry has been very successful in framing it that way. You know, it's interesting now with all the, the debate about gender issues and how gender is fluid and all of that how some uh of those who support abortion are now starting to you know they, they can't make that argument that it's only a woman's issue so mm-hmm. they can't have it both ways right
1: <laughs> exactly and and i hope that this gives us an opportunity as their as their own right. language crumbles around them to get mm-hmm. in there and talk about um uh, whether or not um the biology is clear obviously that human life begins at fertilization and does it matter whether or not you are personally involved i mean there are, there are men and women who die from abortion, obviously. Um, right. Little baby, baby boys, baby girls who are dying from abortion. Right. Um, there are men, obviously, involved in abortion decisions. I think it's important to recognize that men are often a huge part of the problem, um, coercing Absolutely. and pushing their, um, their significant others towards abortion. And it's time that men start standing up and start defending the lives that we and vulnerable start um doing their role when it comes to actually protecting and defending their spouses their um, girlfriends and their children obviously more so than any
0: yeah so i'm talking to cameron cote with the canadian center for bioethical reform who also has a podcast and you can find out more about that by going to prolifeguys.com that's a podcast that he co-hosts uh i think it's once a week or so on a lot of these uh, issues, right? The issues, the pro-life issues, how to uh, speak intelligently to a culture um, that supports abortion. So -hmm. you can find out more about it by going to ProLifeGuys.com. You know, Cameron, as a man, uh, myself, I speak to men a lot, um, especially at the abortion centers, as they're going inside I, you know, I appeal to their manliness, to their to their maleness, if you will, to the mm-hmm. fact that men should be protectors of women and children. Uh, I've never understood how the feminist movement has gotten away with calling this you know, abortion a good thing, that it's that's actually helping uh, women's uh, women and women's rights. Uh, if anything, this just gives men uh, a way to get off the hook. Uh, simply, they can they can go about their lives, have uh, sexual relationships, be promiscuous. Uh, and then, you know, if they get someone pregnant, they could just say, yeah, I'm out of here. Here's a couple hundred bucks. Go take care of it. And the uh, relationship's broken most of the time. And they're on to their next uh, you know, woman to exploit. So mm-hmm. I've never understood how the feminist movement uh, has gotten away with this when it simply has been destructive to them.
1: Yeah. And, and it's something that, I mean, we talked to a lot of fellows, obviously, in our street outreach, whether on university campuses right. or wherever it may be, and just talking to men about exactly what you said, being men and standing up. I remember mm-hmm. um, last February, we were down in Florida and we were talking to people outside of an abortion facility there and, and just encouraging the men who were marching their um, their wives, their girlfriends into the abortion facility of what do you right. think she'd say if you stand by her? This exactly. this idea of I'm I'm gonna support my uh, my girlfriend my wife whatever she decides no what what if you took a little bit of leadership in this as well and said hey I am here for you I am gonna do what needs to be done to make sure that we can make the best life possible for our child and I'm gonna help answer some of these questions I might not be able to answer all of them but I'm in this with you and a lot of the girls started looking looking at the guy are are you gonna say this to me are you gonna step up to the plate and actually be a man and take responsibility. Or are you just going to be a child and and want to have all of your fun and all of your freedom and then pretend to be supporting women's rights by um, pushing your, your girlfriend or wife into an abortion facility to fix a problem that you don't want to have to um, invest your, your time and effort into resolving over the long run.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a cop out. I mean, they definitely mm-hmm. get away with uh, just just walking away from the responsibility. And I think that's why one of the main reasons why it's important that pro-life men speak up, that they're a big part of this movement, despite the feminist movement saying they aren't. And I'll also say inside the pro-life movement, there's also people that believe that men shouldn't be speaking that often. Uh, I, I think that's the wrong position to take. I don't think we should buy into the, to the lie that this is a woman's issue and only women can speak to it. In fact, if men started standing up, we'd see abortion numbers drop big time and uh you know because here's the thing and you know this men are warriors they're looking for a fight they want something they can uh you know do that has purpose and meaning and i've been calling out men for a long time we need you on the front lines we need you in the battle we need you leading the battle uh often and so if you want to get involved uh with our organization folks you can go to createdequal.org uh we're happy to bring as many men as possible on our uh on our team we're about 50 50 uh right now but we're always looking (laughs) for uh pro-life men to join us pro-life guys uh but you can join us at uh, createdequal.org we have a day of action this summer that you uh can be part of this would be the first uh, probably the, the the best way to get involved is come to a training of ours and then we take it out on the street the next day that's the day of action that's june 13 and 14 here in Columbus, Ohio, you can come to our training. And I know you guys do this in Canada as well. This is kind of a a shortened version of our justice ride where we just give you a little bit of information, then we take you out and help you to use it. So you can go to createdequal.org find out more about the day of action. Uh, Camera, before we move on to the next topic here, and that is abortion victim photography and how you guys are pioneering that in Canada. I want to raise a, an issue that I thought was very interesting. I had thought about this a whole lot when I interviewed Jonathan Van Maren, which is with your organization as well. Mm-hmm. What is the role of pornography when it comes to men not being willing? And I don't know if you've heard this argument: not being willing oh, to yeah. step up and take a a, a role in the pro life fight.
1: I I feel like I mean I feel like. Pornography is destroying so much of our society. I have spoken personally to dozens of men who feel Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, I I can't challenge people to be better. I can't challenge people to be more because of my own porn addiction, because I'm I'm in the grips of this. And I feel like once I kick porn, then I can get involved in pro-abortion. But it's just, uh, I, I don't know if it's a guilt thing. I don't know exactly what it is. But I think that, I mean, first of all, obviously men, absolutely kick porn stop watching porn period Mm -hmm. um but if if that's a a journey that you're on and you're getting professional help um you don't need to be porn free to be able to oppose abortion you need to get involved you need to be porn free as quickly as possible but i think that this is debilitating for a lot of men because it's a very very potent example of their own weakness that Their own they, weakness
0: they and exploitation yeah. of women. I mean, that's that's exactly. one of the reasons why they say, oh, I can't do anything. I can't stand for the pre-born. I can't defend women because I'm exploiting them by viewing pornog- pornography. And the numbers are staggering. Eight out of ten men generally are looking at this uh, stuff. Yeah. And it's not an excuse. It's not an excuse, but it certainly is. It, I often ask when I get opportunity on college campus, I ask if I get to the point where I could talk yeah. to them. I'll ask them if they're looking at porn because yeah. a lot of wi- a lot of men mistreat women because of pornography. They see yeah. them as a commodity of, uh, you know, uh, some, you know, uh, uh, it just dehumanizes them.
1: Yeah. And and I've thankfully seen a few guys who have kicked their porn addiction when they realized the abortion connection to it. Well, I mean, when you mm-hmm. consider all of this sex that's happening and there are babies who are conceived during That's pornography exactly right. shoots and all that kind of thing. And how many abortions, how many children are being killed literally because of your porn addiction, because you're fueling this um, this it's issue. Exactly. I've seen men and I've talked to men who have kicked their porn addiction because, you know what, if that if that woman that I'm object, objectifying anyway, something I gotta kick for that reason anyways, but if she becomes pregnant because of this porn shoot that I'm watching and she has an abortion, she kills that child. And she did that because of the demand from men Globally, but especially in North America here, um, I, I think that should weigh heavily on the conscience of men and and fuel them getting that professional help and kicking um, their porn addictions, both for the two reasons that you laid out. The, the objectification of women, first of all, and also because the pornography industry is fueling abortions. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can only imagine how many abortions are performed on um, mm-hmm. people involved in that industry. Yeah.
0: My guest is Cameron Cote. He's a graduate of the University of Victoria in uh, British Columbia, correct? Is it British Columbia? Yes, yes sir. Uh, sorry, I'm not a Canadian, so I don't. No. <laughs> And you hold a degree in biology. I, I'm sure that comes in helpful when you're on college campuses. And he's also the Western Outreach Director for the Canadian Center for Bioethical Reform. And we're talking about uh, what it means to be a pro-life man today on the program. Uh, but uh, I want to switch gears a little bit, Cameron, and talk about Canada. Uh, Uh And the abortion issue. It's different than America, obviously different country, but your laws are different. Uh, You're in America. 1973 Roe v. Wade handed down. We're still battling away here. Our laws are more restrictive than yours. If you could just give us kind of a, a snapshot of where Canada is on the abortion issue.
1: Yeah, so um, 1969 was the first time abortion really became available. They set up um, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, Justin Trudeau's father, who uh, Justin Trudeau being our current prime minister, um, Mm -hmm. first opened up abortion access in 1969 with their omnibus bill, um, allowing it for health of the mother and other situations where a a three three person therapeutic abortion committee would decide whether or not a woman's case was sufficient for her to get an abortion. 1988, ruled that out. And so since 1988, abortion has been completely legal thrown all nine months of pregnancy um, wow. for any reason or no reason. And so individual clinics are, it's their own prerogative to set their own limits. I know the abortion facility here in Calgary, I don't think performs abortions beyond 22 weeks or so. After that, they have to go to a hospital. But one way or another, if a woman wants to have an abortion in Canada, she's gonna get it, it's gonna be covered by tax dollars. Um, All abortions in Canada are covered by tax dollars. And that includes the traveling for late-term abortion, wherever that may need to be. And so every year in Canada, there's around 100,000 abortions performed uh, nationwide. Um, obviously, the majority of those are performed before 12 or 15 weeks um, gestation, but many of them as well uh, um, are noticeable, uh, several several thousand per year probably being performed after that child is viable to live outside the womb. And so we are living in a very, very uh, tough situation. We're working hard to change the culture. And not only that, we're shipping hundreds of millions of dollars overseas to fund abortion elsewhere. And so it's a bleak outlook in Canada, unfortunately.
0: It is a little different than America in the fact that we, uh, we, we've elected pro-life presidents. We have congresses that are either Republican or Democrat. You guys are kind of a one-party rule up there. Uh, you don't have a whole lot of uh, legislation restricting abortion, let alone banning it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're having some success in the states, although I think uh, at this point it looks kind of grim on our end of things for at least in the short run. But let's talk about what CCBR does. And I know we're, we're down to about six minutes in the program. But uh, you guys use abortion v- victim photography. Obviously, I talk about this on the program quite regularly. Uh, but you know, the, the arguments against it are this, basically. First of all, people say, well, it's counterproductive. You're only going to drive people away. You guys use these, on, uh, these, these images on, uh, in Canada on the street corners and so forth. What is your response to that? Does it drive people away? Or not?
1: So it, it might drive people away from becoming my Facebook friend. They might not like me quite as much as <laughs> they would if I was out there with a, a much friendlier picture, right. but it also and much more actively drives them away from abortion. We've done polling to That's gauge important. the impact just of viewing um, abortion victim images. And what that polling showed is that two out of three people were willing to admit that they felt more negatively about abortion after viewing that image than they had before that over 90% of people who felt negatively in any way desired some form of legal protection for preborn children
0: Where can and you so- find that where can we find that study is that on the end of in the killing.ca
1: so you can find that at endthekilling.ca. I believe it's actually on your website as well, createdequal.org. Right. Um, okay. But yeah, very thorough study that we got commissioned, uh, or that we commissioned a group of people, pollsters and then a, a statistician to um, develop that as well. And so I think that's a, a very key point and then also just looking at how it plays out in conversation people say like oh well uh you you drive everyone away and yet they're there having a conversation with us about abortion and and our conversational statistics show that I mean close to 60 percent of people who stay for more than 30 seconds um, are gonna become completely pro-life if they weren't pro-life already um there's a pretty good chance they're gonna walk away either completely pro-life or significantly move towards the pro-life worldview and so these images cut through the rhetoric they cut through all of the um, the lingo and whatever it is we try to uh, wrap up the abortion conversation in and it points to the humanity of the pre-born which has to be the center of the abortion conversation because if abortion doesn't kill a human being no justification is necessary if abortion right. does kill a human being no justification is adequate
0: well obviously we're kindred spirits in that uh, mm-hmm. and I, the question I always ask people is um, you know, if you don't think they're work, find something else that works and let me know about it. Because Mm -hmm. what I've found over the years is that this is the most effective way of reaching people. Uh, So knowing that, and and I think at this point, the evidence is absolutely clear. In fact, we don't debate this very much anymore, honestly, within the movement. Uh, But I often wonder, why do, knowing that it really does work, why don't more people use them?
1: Oh, the million-dollar question—the million-dollar well, question. I mean, we're trying to, I can answer it for you, but constantly. I want you to. No, <laughs> I, I, you to <laughs> I, I, I think it's a good one. I think that people are intimidated. I think that that's um, it. they they don't want that pushback, and and they nope. want to be a liked social reformer. Like and that's right, which is an oxymoron
0: in a way, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We it's might name boulevards <laughs> and whatnot after social reformers now, but at the time they were hated. They were despised. Right. They had death threats come against them. Thankfully, yeah. we're not seeing a ton of that physical violence right. come up, um, incredibly frequently. But people are intimidated. They're, they're worried about about the backlash, and we have to challenge them to consider the backlash to preborn children. If we don't do what's most effective, that right. absolutely and, and it we is effective. need. Well, it and I, the
0: thing is, most people. Uh, most people I talk about now, and it really, it, it, like I say, the debate has has really calmed down over whether they were effective or not. Most people mm-hmm. admit they are. Uh, yeah. m- many people say that's the reason they got in the movement. I read your bio. That was one of the reasons <laughs> you got in. That's the reason I got in. And I think we're beyond the point. It's just, I. it's often, it's just a matter of We don't want to be identified with them. You know, I think people, they they think people are extreme. They use them. They buy into the stereotype, which is not accurate. Uh, You can be bold and bright. (laughs) We can use abortion-based photography and have the right arguments uh, against abortion at the same time, be respectful to to people. Uh, We've got about uh, two minutes left, uh, uh, Cameron. What I'd like to do here... And you mentioned this is, is one of the things we were emailing. You guys face a lot more censorship than we do. What are you doing to confront that? How are you, if anyway, what are you, what are you doing differently than you might've been doing say a year ago with the current social media purge that happened mm-hmm. on Twitter and all the other social media pr-
1: platforms? So we, as an organization, we've never really viewed social media as a prime forum for changing minds on abortion because people Amen. can tune out whenever they want. People can, right. the asynchronous conversation, we find that it's incredibly difficult to have mind changing conversations on social media, though they do happen occasionally. What we want to do is we want to increase the breadth of capable pro life ambassadors we we look mm-hmm. at this we say okay if, if most uh, most of these platforms are becoming echo chambers anyways we might right. as well equip pro-lifers with the tools they need to have compassionate and compelling conversations let's get people equipped so that they can have conversations with their friends with their family members with their co-workers because you can never ever ever replace the value of a face-to-face interaction and conversation about abortion We want the silver bullet. We want a meme that we can throw up and not engage people. We want, uh, we want something easy. It's not going to be easy. We need to engage people one on one or in group settings, and we try to give people the tools they need to have effective, worthwhile, mind changing conversations.
0: Amen, amen. Well, as I've said, and I'll say it again, we can't win on the cheap, folks. This is going to cost us something. Uh, There's no easy way. There's no silver bullet to ending an abortion. It's going to come by one-on-one conversations one person at a time one heart at a time one mind at a time one baby saved at a time and folks if you want to get involved go to our store at createdequal.org go to our store and order one of our signs and we'll show you how to use it we'll show you how to use it you've been listening to your radio activist here on the mark harrington show My guest today has been Cameron Cote from the Canadian Center for Bioethical Reform. And you want to check out their podcast at ProLifeGuys.com. That's ProLifeGuys.com. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember America to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to become a witness against the evil, evil plague in America, Call Created Equal at 614-269-7808. That's 614-269-7808. Or go online to createdequal.net. Createdequal.net. Be sure to tune to The Mark Harrington Show next time for your marching orders in the culture war.